1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. can Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart said, I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won.
2: Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers, Guys, we need to get right down to business because the real NBA playoffs start in four hours. So, you know, we've got to bring in our buddy Rick Camp, executive producer of the Dan Bernstein Show. You hear him on Bulls Radio, write-ups on NBA Player Props, 4for4.com. Campy before the season, we had a long conversation. The hot bet in town is bulls to make the playoffs. That suddenly became a heavy favorite right before the season started. Everyone that bet bulls over the win total, they cashed their tickets. There was a DeRozan run for a while where he was top five on the odds board for the NBA MVP, even though we all know that's going to Jokic. It's only a matter of when the NBA decides to announce that Jokic won again. So as we sit here, and the Bulls made the real playoffs, they didn't need to deal with the play-in tournament. Why are Bulls fans dreading the playoffs? Oh, because of what's coming next. <laughs> Hell's of, coming to
3: breakfast. Oh yeah, it is a it is a seven foot athletic Greek uh, <laughs> Greek feast that is coming their way. As exciting as this season's been, and it's been awesome to get to do Bulls post game when the team has been good especially after doing it when they've been god-awful, you get the better appreciation for it. Yeah, it's that whole path to a victory, like even a single victory, more or less a series victory, that seems a little bit far-fetched. And when you really start to look at that close, it's like, oh, enjoy this playoff run while you got it because it doesn't look like it's going to be around too long.
2: So due to the play-in tournament, there's been this waiting game going on, and it hit me, I'd say, two days ago on Thursday. We have been waiting so long for this series and for all the, the series to get going here. We reached the point when I actually started to hear people try to make a case that the Bulls could win more than one game in the series. Did you notice the same thing? Yeah, I, I almost wonder if it's people just being like, OK, we've talked through the reality.
3: Yep. Let's get, let's just get crazy let's live like, in fantasy,
2: fantasy yeah, land. Right. Ex-
3: sure. Exactly. Try and create new angles for content because, Hey, the content's got to last until, you know, Sunday when we're actually getting the first game here for the bulls. Yeah, I get it. I, I get why people are doing it, but the likelihood, like the, the needle that they would have to thread to win multiple games in this series, forget win the series just win multiple games is so tough that. Yeah, it almost feels like it, we're on the prolonged
2: wait for a, uh, for a playoff death march. The favorite for games played is five. The favorite for the correct score of the series is Milwaukee four to one. The second favorite is a sweep. Do you agree with that? I, yeah, because I, I think it is tough to bank on a sweep
3: just because you never know if a team, especially like Milwaukee, where it sure seems like they've developed the switch whatever that switch is uh, that they could have that off for game four. If they're up three, nothing or game three comes back to Chicago and the bulls actually hit some shots like they haven't done since the all-star break. And maybe the bucks just have one of those crazy bad shooting nights because Hey, they shoot a bunch of threes, which can be good, but it also inserts a lot of variance. Mm -hmm. So even if they're getting the open shots and they just have a night where they're shooting sub 30% from three, Maybe the Bulls are able to to get a game, but I know when we were waiting for these markets to open and not shocking to anybody, we're in constant communication about when these markets open and stuff, we were waiting, hovering, what's that sweep number going to look like? And it's gone down a boatload from the open. No matter where you look, that number has gone down from around what? Oh, well over 350, plus 350 for some of these down to closer to plus 250. On mm-hmm. the exact to where I think people realized how that they, they might've been given the bulls too much credit just based on being a six seed and what they accomplished before the all-star break to then realize, oh, they've been struggling mightily since the break. And you could make the argument of the 16 teams that they are the worst one in terms of what form they're in entering.
2: No doubt. On Monday, when all of these opened up across the board, it was Milwaukee minus six fifty. You've got to bet six hundred fifty dollars to win a hundred. Now it's Milwaukee minus a thousand, and this is the only series where the game spread is set at two and a half. Now one and a half, like every other series, they decided to set it at two and a half. The only one pre-playing tournament. When we were going back and forth on what to do with the series, what's the best bet? Do we go four O? Do we go four one? Do you do both, or do we do the series spread? We realized, especially when we saw one book open, okay, the minus two and a half, which means bucks win in four, bucks win in five, is the best play. So you you win both, no matter what. That 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 was uh, the top selection. Uh, do you still agree with that? not at the current
3: number because now that's out to around Uh, like minus 170, 175, depending on where you're looking. At this point, I kind of think it is that sweep number. It's around that plus 250-ish range right now. We got it at better numbers, but still, I think there's a strong likelihood that the Bulls get swept in this series just because They don't have any answers. Like if you look across the board, are the bulls better at any individual matchup? No, no. Especially if you consider, if you consider like holiday and Levine, a one-on-one thing, as opposed to, you know, like true point guard for point guard, but best guard versus best guard, best wing versus best wing with the way Vooch is playing right now. I take Brooke Lopez over him. I don't know where the bulls have the advantage. Because one thing Milwaukee's been burned on by some teams is hot uh, shooting games from deep, but the Bulls take the least amount of them in the league. And they've been shooting poorly on them, especially since the break. So it's just one of those things where everything's working against the Bulls. Milwaukee earned the right to tank into the matchup, and they're going to get the spoils of it in probably a pretty quick and easy first round series.
2: All right, let's talk player prop angles. And this could be game by game or series stuff. What's cool as we get more and more offerings is if you're diving into Bulls Bucks, you can bet over under Giannis 31 and a half points per game. DeRozan 25.9 for the entire series. Levine 24.8 rebounds per game. Giannis is listed. Portis assists per game. Holiday. Or if you think that Giannis will not be the leading scorer in the series for some reason, you can go elsewhere because he's about minus four dollars to be your leading scorer in the series? What jumps out there or game by game, any specific players and props that you'll be focused in on?
3: I mean, I know there's a lot of juice on Giannis's points, but I think we all have to remember just how insane he was in that playoff run last year. And I'm not expecting him to go full tilt, 50 burger and a clincher type thing. However, him in general is just a force of nature. So when he's playing all the minutes, I'm looking at stuff like his over 12 and a half rebounds. It's like minus 115. Not my favorite juice in the world, but that's something that sticks out. The points has a little too much juice on it in terms of a per game thing around. Seeing that is a little much for me if it's too, because I don't like to bet too many props more than minus 120. That's kind of like my breaking point more often than not. But yeah, I, I don't know how the Bulls have any sort of anything to slow Giannis because it's, what is it going to be Patrick Williams? Or are they going to try and put Caruso on him until he gets two or three fouls in about four minutes? I just don't see the pathway for anybody to be able to slow him down. And with him being more aggressive, I mean, in the last game they played in the regular season, he had like 18 points and he literally was out there like it was a scrimmage. He was not trying that much. He was very passive and still had a really solid line. Maybe not a him type line, but if you get him in playoff mode, engaged, and that usage going through the roof like it does for him, good luck keeping him under 35.
2: Assist leader in the series, rebound leader, anything else that uh, we need to hit on on Bulls Bucks before we get to the
3: 2-7? I do think that Drew Holiday is going to lead the series in assists. Now, are three main dudes definitely balance out a good amount it seems like towards the end of the year Giannis's assists were a little lower than they've been and it's been more of Middleton and Holiday I do think that's going to be Holiday and Holiday plays well against the Bulls especially his scoring output has been better I think he'll be your assist guy and then Middleton threes is something that interests me because with as much attention as there's going to be to Giannis and with as much attention as Holiday gets because of what he's been able to do to the Bulls backcourt, sometimes you know with Middleton for anybody who's watched a decent amount of Bucks games, Holiday's driving or Giannis is driving, and they kick out to Middleton at that three where he's especially on the left side of the court when he's like one step away from the break on the upper side of it. He hits those threes all day, and you're asking Demar Derozan or Zach Levine more likely than not to maintain integrity. To him, out at the three-point line, those are the types of shots that have absolutely killed the Bulls. So I think his over two and a half threes could be something to keep an eye
2: on for the series too. Middleton is plus three fifty for most threes made in the series. That's interesting to me. Mm.
3: I think I like that. Now I'm wondering. I'm wondering about Zach Levine kind of ticking up a little bit.
2: He's a favorite.
3: Yeah. I think he should be the favorite, but if I was to go someone else, I like that Middleton number.
2: All right, so there's a couple different angles on Bulls-Bucks starting tomorrow right here on Sports Radio 670. The score. This is early odds with Joe Ostrowski, with your playoff preview, the the betting side of the playoff preview. Here we're going series by series. Let's move on. Celtics Nets. Man, was it worth it for the Miami Heat to go and get that one seed because the path for Boston and Brooklyn is absolutely brutal. If you're going to come out of the East and you're Boston or Brooklyn, you're going to have to take down all of these teams. You're going to have to take down Milwaukee. You're going to have to take down Miami. I mean, it, it is going to be rough here. The series winner number. It opened nets. The betting market said, uh-uh, wrong. Celtics should be favored. Now the Celtics are favored. All the numbers guys love Boston coming out of the East. Where do you stand on this?
3: I'm so torn on this series because I have been a huge Robert Williams proponent all season. And then once Ime Udoka kind of changed up his role defensively and had him more or less guarding a non-shooter that's probably going to be in the corner and just letting him roam, he's been such an impact player for them defensively, but not having him for this series is going to matter. So while Bruce Brown, you know, you could say he ran his mouth a little bit about Tice and Horford, <laughs> I don't know that he's necessarily wrong he's to not. say, yeah, we're going to be able to get to, we're going to be able to get to the rim at will. And even if, a guy like Tice is able to do okay at the rim, he's he's just going to be a foul magnet because that's just kind of what he does. And, and that's not necessarily any fault to him. It's just you're asking that dude to do a whole lot in a series against the Nets. Now, another thing with the Nets is that, you know, looking at it since the All-Star break, they're a team, they're 28th in terms of percentage of shots at the rim. They're a jump shooting team. So while it's brought up a ton, Like They're not a team that gets to the rim a whole lot. It seems like a lot of what they've done lately is extra pressure on Kyrie, extra pressure on Durant, and then you get Bruce Brown and whichever big is in the game in like a two-on-one situation or a three-on-two situation down closer to the basket. So it's either Bruce Brown puts up a floater or he's throwing a lob to someone like Nick Claxton. That's where they get their shots at the rim. Boston isn't necessarily – probably going to do as much of that. I I would be surprised if they don't play a little closer to straight up to start and basically just be like, Hey, we got a bunch of really good defenders. Let's at least see what this is going to look like before we go too crazy. You know, I think that is going to be a factor, but I'm so torn on who I think wins this series. Like it's one from a betting, betting angle on the series in and of itself. I'm just staying away because if you told me, listen, Brooklyn couldn't stop anybody. Boston's defense puts the clamps down to where it's literally just Kyrie and KD doing everything, and they lose by 15 every game because those guys are putting up 80 points and the other guys can't put up 40. And it's a five game series. I could 100% see it. If it's Boston can't deal with the pressure they need to put up on KD and Kyrie, and Brooklyn wins shootouts in six games, it wouldn't surprise me. So, from a series angle, I, I think I'm just
2: staying away. What about total games played at seven at plus 175? I know you just threw out a scenario of six, not surprising you, but you're so torn. And I think part of the reason is it, it sounds like you feel this could go the distance. It, it absolutely could go the
3: distance. I don't mind that number at all. So if you want to have something on either number of games or the side, I think that's the way that's the way to play it to definitely play the the seven games. I, I think that's the best way to be able to do that.
2: Laying big juice is never safe, but it feels like Boston plus one and a half games would be a fairly safe bet.
3: Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with that. Like I said before, I hate laying too much juice.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, I'm looking at... You can throw
2: that in with some parlays. That's what's fun about the NBA playoffs with these series.
3: And that's the the thing that like, I know for me is always trying to learn new stuff or find new angles. That's something I'm learning more, whether it's in traditional, like either parlays or same-game parlays or whatever, is being willing to take maybe a little bit lower of a number that's got more juice attached to it. But when you pair it with more things that are likely to happen... Mm -hmm. It may be scary to see the total number of things you're rooting for, but when they're all more likely, you know, it can make more sense. So that would be something where if you think an upset could happen or you have strong feelings on something else and want to pair it with that, you're I think you're adding value, absolutely.
2: Or for big plus money, just go seven games or even six games for games played. Mm Can't be the 4-5 in the East. Philadelphia and Toronto seems to have – the trendy underdog, and I understand why. Embiid is on record. He's talked about how he has a tough time with the Raptors, and they attack him in ways unlike any other team. Batiste Thibel will not be eligible to travel to Toronto. Their best perimeter defender will not be on the court for the Sixers for the road games. And, oh, there's the Doc Rivers factor. If they take a 3-1 lead, I mean, I won't be able to get to, to my sports betting app Quick enough to take the Raptors for the series at that point. And we know the number won't be quite fair. Are you with a lot of the people that are saying, you know what? Philadelphia minus 190, minus 200, the way they're playing, all the issues with James Harden right now? No thanks. I think this is the big upset we see in the East in the first round.
3: Yeah, it's the battle of the two coaches that are both going to be coaching the Lakers next year, right? Isn't that what we've heard? Nick, Well, Nurse wants
2: to- <laughs> I'll bet on the one with Nurse then. <laughs> yeah,
3: there's no doubt that Toronto has the coaching advantage. I still actually lean Philly because I just don't know if Toronto can put up enough points. Mm-hmm. I mean, when their whole philosophy is essentially almost like a hockey power play where it's like, hey, get it on the net and then go clean it up. Because they, they don't shoot. Since the break, Toronto's the second-best offensive rebounding team. And that's partially because, well, they miss a lot of shots and they give themselves plenty of opportunities for that, but also that that's part of their philosophy. I would not be shocked if their backup point guard ends up being one of Pascal Siakam or Scotty Barnes or whoever is rotating back in early with whatever bit of second unit they play. Because they're not going to sub in a guy probably that's under 6667. Because I, I'd, I'd be surprised if Malachi Flynn got like too much run in this series. Because to be honest, probably a lot of people here listening are just asking themselves, who the hell's Malachi Flynn? <laughs> right. So Toronto's not going to play a whole lot of guys, but they're kind of used to that. But Philly does still have a whole lot of juice. Even if you're saying Harden struggles a little bit, Embiid maybe slightly underneath what he usually is, but probably just because of volume, he's still going to put up decent numbers. Tyrese Maxey. I get it. Tyrese Maxey has been good. He's been really good this year and been huge to be like a third guy for them since making the trade for whatever Tobias Harris is at this point, which can be questionable night in and night out. He does have the ability to put up points. So I think Toronto's offensive weakness is more of an issue than philly's offensive weaknesses if that makes sense mm-hmm. and while toronto's defense has been top five philly's has been in top 10 since the break so are there plenty of issues and things that can be attacked by toronto probably but are they good enough to be able to attack them effectively enough to keep up with philly that's where i have some questions so i i think it's a little overblown the toronto stuff i'm probably not going to bet a series price here but I do think if forced to choose, I think Philly does end up winning the series.
2: Something that I love about this is you can also do it in series. Mm-hmm. If you're not feeling the pre-game one price, like what if Toronto steals game one? The market's going to be so down on Philly. You can get Philly at a pretty good price. If you were to make a bet, I, th- I think it's interesting that the correct score of the series, the favorite is Philly four games to three. The second favorite is four games to one.
3: I think everybody would agree that if there was a blowout in the series, if it was going to be 4-1 either way, it would be Philly that would be winning that. Oh yeah. But also, that's also saying they're question, you know, books are questioning whether Philly can close out in Toronto without mm-hmm. Matisse Thybulle to be on the wing to handle some of those Toronto wing responsibilities.
2: Are you confident enough to take Sixers minus a game and a half so they've got to take care of business? In six games or fewer at plus money, I might be. You got to do it there. You got to lock it up there. I, yeah, that's the other part. That's, that's the
3: other that's that's the thing. Yeah, I think so. Oh, you are okay. I I, I think yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be close. I know. I'm just like I'm flipping on it, but it's because I wouldn't. I would never lay like a minus one ninety like for the series price or whatever you're seeing in no that right chance. now. Not no. a chance in hell. But I just trust their base level on both sides of the ball a little bit better than I trust. Like I I just really worry about Toronto being able to get hot because Philly's gotten a little bit better rebounding wise sneaky. Like they've been a, uh, you wouldn't think with Joel Embiid that they've been, they were like the worst offensive rebounding team in the league before the trade deadline. Since the deadline, they're up to 24th at least. So it's still not good, but they're obviously getting to the free throw line a ton. It helps raise their floor a little bit. Yeah, I guess if I have to trust anything in the series, Mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm trusting Doc Rivers and James Harden. But here we are.
2: Okay. Okay. Campy, do you have a few more minutes to go over these Western Conference series with a lot of things up in the air as far as the injuries, title odds, and NBA Finals MVP numbers? Of course. All right, good. That's Rick Camp. Don't go anywhere. I'm Joe Ostrowski. This is Early Odds, breaking down the NBA playoffs, giving you a betting preview on this Saturday morning. This is 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Welcome back. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score, getting you prepped for the NBA playoffs starting, oh, what, three and a half hours from right now. My guy Rick Camp hanging out at Rick C. Camp on Twitter. I'm at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. Uh, We covered the Eastern Conference. We're going to get to title futures, finals MVP numbers, but we need to rattle through these series over in the Western Conference side and campy. The most intriguing series has to be the 4-5 because of the Luka injury occurring in the final regular season game. And I know that they were criticized for this, for him playing in that game, but I get it. I mean, you do not want to be on the side that they felt. You don't want to be on the Sun's side of the bracket. So I totally understand trying to go for it to get that three. Now, <laughs> nobody thought a Dallas-Utah series would have the Jazz as minus 300 favorites, but with Lucas' status in question, that's where we sit. And with the Jazz on the road, they are lining this one as, uh, yeah, no Luca, and there was never a question midweek when they installed Utah as four and a half point favorites, what do we do with this series? That's going to be the theme with the West, by the way, as we go down the line. What do we do?
3: Yeah, the Luka injury, just because man, remember all season, it was everybody's like, Man, I can't wait to fade the Jazz in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the year they blow it all up, everything's going to implode. And now it's, Oh, we gotta, we gotta respect the Jazz for at least this series, don't we? At least until there's more clarity on Luka. And that's the thing. This is one where I'm going to go into it basically begging for a time to see a window to bet the Mavs. So hoping with time, with clarity, you know, maybe it won't be the best number in the world, but if I, I'll, I'll be tempted regardless of what we know about Luke at the time. Yep. After game one, if Utah wins game one, I might have to sprinkle on the Maverick series line. Just because in case Luca comes back and is able to be anything close to what he normally is, because if he's close, because remember, even the last couple of years, he hasn't necessarily been 100% healthy by the end of those playoff runs. If he's even close to healthy. I would
2: love an opportunity to fade Utah. See, I think Dallas's goal is going to be let's just split. We just mm-hmm. need to find a way to take one game at home. And if we do, we're good because game 3 isn't until Thursday, which nearly marks 2 weeks from the injury, which is knocking on the door of the the average return time with a calf in the NBA and we're talking about non-playoff games. It was just a little over 2 weeks. If they lose this game today. Let's mm-hmm. say they lose it. Do you think Lucas playing game 2? That's a tough spot.
3: Yeah, it's it's a tough spot. I think if there's any way he can, that doesn't significantly increase the opportunity for Mm re-injury, which obviously is something we, we will not know if the training staff thinks, Hey, you can't really hurt it anymore. You might just impede progress. Yeah. Then I think they would consider it, but I, I do think they might be conservative and just say, Hey, take those two games off and then we'll try and win four or five.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. The best way to attack this series is jumping in the middle of the series after a Dallas loss, and I'll bet on Luca. I'll bet on him playing at some point, and I'll bet on the better number than what we currently have of plus 220 for the series, and let's see what happens. I get that. This sucks. I was really looking forward to seeing what Dallas was going to do in this, in this playoffs, and maybe we'll, we'll see it. Maybe look, Luca looks a lot better than we expect, but uh, this sucks. I was expecting Dallas to be some sort of a threat, and I'm not sure that Luke is going to get better as we move on through these playoffs. The score listener line is open 24-7, 365, and powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, my guest. Campy, it's Rick Camp at Rick C. Camp on Twitter, Bulls Radio, EP of the Dan Bernstein Show, breaking down the NBA. Okay, so what are we doing with this Golden State Series? Warriors minus 225 favorites going in. Nuggets almost 2-1. to If you do the series spread, you can get Golden State minus a game and a half, meaning they need to wrap it up in six or fewer, and that's even money. What are we doing here? Five and a half point favorites for game number one, and – the curry foot and we we saw Dray, Draymond's impact this year about him being on and off the court defensively. I'm
3: going full heel against myself. I'm not just going Warriors minus one and a half. Oh no. Warriors minus two and a half. I saw a plus two twenty out there. I think I'm going with that. So okay. Warriors winning in four or five. And I mind you, I think it would be five. I mean, Denver at least gets one of the games at home. Jokic will go supernova. And there's only so much a guy like Draymond or Kavon Looney can do about it. But the Mm -hmm. thing is, it's just the talent around Jokic. At some point, that has to matter, right? I mean, it it did at least to a point last year. But man, when they haven't been consistent in terms of who they have available and the fact of, of no Murray, no Porter, so... It's what Aaron Gordon's going to be doing all this. Like, I assume it'll be Draymond against Aaron Gordon, which is going to be fun. Yes, Andrew Wiggins hasn't been playing that well, but Clay's starting to find his form. Jordan Poole is really good, and he's going to be able to be that guy when they go small that really opens up the offense. And at that point, I just don't know if Denver has enough defense to slow down the Draymond at center with Jordan Poole in their lineups or whatever really Golden State wants to throw out there. So, as much as I respect the MVP for what he did for us last year and what he's done for us this year, especially since some of us got in on uh, his MVP candidacy late, mm. but I appreciate what Jokic has done for our pocketbooks. But I, I
2: definitely am on the Warriors this time. Just, just turn heel, man. It's unbelievable this move happening right here on early odds. Okay, Golden State, add them to your parlays. Uh, Maybe it's not all that surprising because uh, Warriors four games to one is the second favorite. You can find that around plus 350. All right, how about the other series in this side of the bracket? I took a dart throw about a month ago. I said, you know what? If Minnesota can be the seven, they're dangerous. I would not want to play them. So I got what I was hoping for the other day with Minnesota taking out the Clippers at home. That was fun to watch. Pat Bev. (laughs) <laughs> it's just so good, man. That's, that's my amazing. foxhole guy. I want him on my side. He's not the most talented player on the court, but I don't care. I want that dude on my side. We all know people in our lives where you want them on your side. If you're in some sort of a battle and that's Pat Bev. you can't knock the Grizzlies and everything they've accomplished with jaw on or off the court. Maybe I'm a little biased because I think the T wolves can do dangerous things with that young core that they do have, but When I saw Memphis minus 325, I thought that was rich.
3: I think it's a little rich. I don't know that I could pick Minnesota for the series, but I do think that line is, it's a little bit much. Kind of reading between the lines on some of these reports, it seems like if Memphis was in a position down the stretch where they really needed John Morant, Mm -hmm. he probably would have, he probably could have been there for at least those last
2: couple of games. Look at at the games he missed too. The level of competition was not all that high. Exactly.
3: So everybody likes throwing out that 20 and three number or whatever ended ended up being by the end, but there's a lot of context to that too. So are they good? Are they like, are they a deep team that if anyone is equipped to deal with not having a guy of John Morant's quality? Yeah, they're probably about as well equipped as anybody, but it still doesn't mean you prefer it. Mm -hmm. And especially in the playoffs where rotations get trimmed down and you know, those nine through 12 guys that memphis might have the best nine through 12 in the league but that doesn't matter in the playoffs so some of what was part of the year advantage in the regular season gets cut away and dylan brooks had awesome stretches last year in the playoffs but man that's that's a guy that adds volatility to what you are he's good defensively but offensively he scares the crap out of me because he's going to get his shots He's going to look for his shots. And I worry about that taking opportunities away from Jaron Jackson Jr. or Desmond Bain or John Morant. Like Dylan Brooks should have at most the fourth most shots on that team in a given game. And I just don't think that's going to be the case. And that does worry me a little bit. And, you know, I was high, at least relative to preseason expectation on Minnesota. I mm-hmm. had Chris Finch for coach of the year. I have Minnesota to make the play in, which before the year was a big question mark. I think I'm staying away from it at these numbers because I don't like, I think Memphis is winning the series. Maybe like a Minnesota plus one and a half. Number. That's what I
2: was going to ask you. That's the yeah. number that that I'm staring at.
3: Yeah, that's that's the one that like, if if there's a bet to be made pre-series, I think that's probably the one. So agree, mem- yeah, Memphis plus a game and a half. In in especially in plus money, forgetting that what around even money or so, maybe a little bit of plus money. I I don't mind that if you're bullish on Minnesota, that's the bet I would make.
2: Campy, let's quickly uh, hit on title odds, finals, MVP odds, and these are correlated, so it's basically the same conversation. Over at Points Bet, the Suns are the favorite, like they are everywhere else, the number plus. 250 second favorite Milwaukee plus 450 third Boston and Golden State both plus 800 as a third favorite Brooklyn the fifth favorite now at plus 900 Miami plus a thousand Memphis plus 1200 and I say they're correlated because obviously the finals MVP will come from your champion any anything of note when you hear those numbers
3: I'm really square on like I just so, feel you're like- saying sons and that's it It's Suns and Milwaukee. Like, I I really think it's just those two teams. Phoenix has been locked in all year and just been a machine, and I feel like Milwaukee has done the champion thing where it's like, okay, let's mess around a little bit. We might not be the most engaged from time to time, but once the playoffs hit, they know exactly what to do. And the fact that it's been proven in the finals that Giannis can score 50, I know that it's no fun because there's no value. And I try and think of a, of a situation where if Phoenix wins, what would DeAndre Ayton have to do to get MVP? Cause he's, you know, he's down the list a decent amount. Yeah, he is, but man, if they win, I don't see how it goes to anyone other than Booker or Paul. I would, maybe I would just sprinkle something small on DeAndre Ayton and hope that for whatever reason, He's able to either get a triple double in there or just 2020 game or something along those lines to where maybe that boosts his profile a little bit. Because I do think Phoenix is the best team this year and the most likely team to like the odds are right. They should be the number one team most likely to win the finals. So if you're trying, if you really don't want to go Giannis, Booker, Paul, DeAndre Ayton might be your look. I'm seeing like around 35 or so to one. That could be an opportunity to. Hope for an odd game script that gets him looking really good and maybe getting him those opportunities. But all the narrative will be pushing towards Booker, who didn't get enough consideration for MVP or whatever. or Chris Paul finally getting his title and being the guy that led them back to knowing how to win or anything like that. So it's tough, especially when I think those are going to be the two teams. But I think that's your most likely path.
2: Yeah, and the odds agree with you. Booker, Giannis, Paul, those are your top three favorites for the finals MVP. Uh, long shots uh, for bigger numbers. Any chance that it could be a Nets title and Kyrie winning or a Celtics title, Jalen Brown winning?
3: Yeah, I, I know. The, the Tatum number is a little too close. Like, it's not, it's not quite a long shot necessarily. No. I but mean,
2: same as Durant.
3: Yeah. If I had to pick a team other than Milwaukee, to come out of the East, I think Boston's the second best team because especially if they're getting to that point, that means they've gotten Robert Williams back unless something unforeseen happens. And then when they have Robert Williams, that team really takes it up another level defensively. So that allows Tatum and Brown and Smart to be able to do, basically, it makes their jobs easier, especially for Tatum and Brown. They're able to focus on the offensive side a little bit more. But yeah, if, it, if you told me The Celtics win the title Tatum was Tatum, but Jalen Brown went supernova. Okay. I still think it would take a lot and Tatum would get, it would be Tatum's to lose if the Celtics were to win. Mm -hmm. But if you want those longer odds, Jalen Brown's not bad. I don't necessarily think Miami can win, but like we mentioned, their path is so good. If they just get one break and they get to the finals, bam, bam's not bad. Ooh,
2: there you go. Again, nobody talks about Miami. That's Nobody saw. It.
3: Yeah. So if you're just looking at Pat path of least resistance, Miami might be that team. Maybe they hope that they get a hobbled Milwaukee team or a hobbled Boston team yep. getting into the conference finals. They're able to get to the finals. And then Bam has trip. Bam has a triple double. He's able to get his scoring going against whichever big he's facing or Maybe that's a Tyler Hero just going supernova again is just your guard that's going to score a bunch of points. Maybe that's Tyler Hero just putting them on the table and being like, do I start? No. Am I going to be the one that gets the ball given to him down the stretch? Absolutely. Because I think he would have a better opportunity than Jimmy Butler if it came down to it for Miami winning a title. Jimmy Butler's more of a floor raiser for them. Where guys like Hero and Bam, those are the guys that are more of the ceiling raisers.
2: That's Rick Camp. I have a feeling you'll be hearing even more of him than you already do on the Dan Bernstein Show because it's NBA playoff time. You're going to say, Dan B, shut up. It's my time. Let, let me talk about what we <laughs> saw last night, especially with the Bulls, since uh, we think it's going to be about a week, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I kind of I kind of feel bad that uh, I'm just hey, so man. happens it lines up with me going out of town. So I'll be doing post game for oh. game for game one and wow. Then, uh, by the time I come back, uh, the bull the bulls are might be close to out.
2: So that's big time. We'll be listening here on Bulls Radio at Rick Seacamp on Twitter. Uh, Rick, thanks for jumping on early odds this morning. Always happy to join. I'd say that was an in-depth NBA playoffs betting preview with Campy, so we certainly appreciate his help. Up next, Jim Miller from PointsBet and Hawthorne Racecourse. More Bulls and Jim's Derby Notes. The run for the Roses right around the corner. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Saturdays 8 to 9 a.m. on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Bet minute by minute, lightning fast. Instant NBA lightning bets are now available. Choose the outcome of the next play, next point, and more to stay in the madness all game long. Brought to you by Points Bet. This is Early Odds with you every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m., Sports Radio 670. The score. My name is Joe Ostrowski. And around this time, every Saturday morning, we bring in Jim Miller from Points Bet and Hawthorne Race Course. What's up, Jim?
4: What's up, Joe? It's crazy to think that we're finally closing in on the Kentucky Derby. All the major preps are done. We're into the MLB season, NBA playoffs taking place. It's nice to be talking about a team that is in the NBA playoffs locally, too.
2: Yeah, we want to get to some angles on AL MVP and the Bulls playoff series finally starting. And it just feels like everybody in the city is like dead man walking. Is it going to be four or is it going to be five? We'll get to that in a minute. But as you mentioned with the Kentucky Derby, three weeks away from today. So we've got the preps races just about all done. Maybe the ones that you care about are all a wrap Keeneland today, last week, Santa Anita, Keeneland Aqueduct, uh, Arkansas and Florida Derby a couple of weeks ago. So uh, we've been busy with a lot of sports, a lot of sports betting, the results of these preps races. What's important for us to know? Here's the important thing to know, Joe, it's that, not a whole
4: lot of horses are off the Derby Trail, meaning unlike most years, everybody stayed healthy. Everybody's run pretty much the form. And because of that, typically on the Derby Points leaderboard, you see a horse that has 20 points that's going to get into the Kentucky Derby. Right now, horse number 20 for the Derby Points leaderboard has 40 points. So these are all quality race horses. But when you talk about the preps, I think the horse that's probably going to be the favorite in the Kentucky Derby is Epicenter, the winner of the Louisiana Derby. And I think this horse, if it goes favored, is probably going to be somewhere around four to one. This is such a wide open race. There's still a lot of unknowns. There's still a lot of unproven horses. And I think because of that, the post position draw when we get the week of the derby is going to be very, very important.
2: Yes, I'm seeing epicenter as the favorite four to one. A couple of months ago, when these numbers first popped, opened at 25 to one. Second favorites and in five to one. That's a Chad Brown yeah. horse opening at 28 to one any uh any other names that we should keep in the back of our mind
4: and like you mentioned zandon that that surprised me a little bit to see five to one because this is a horse that really popped in that last race but some of the races prior were okay but not great but when you're looking at some prices maybe look at a horse like Cyberknife, the winner of the arkansas derby this is a horse that got a hundred points out of the arkansas derby taiba is one of those horses that won the Santa Anita Derby, and that was one of those horses that used to be with Bob Baffert. Those are two horses that both got 100 points, and both of them are going to provide some value in the Kentucky Derby.
2: This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score Weekly contributor Jim Miller with us. So a little taste on the Kentucky Derby as you start your prep. And if if you want a good number, maybe you should uh, take a look right now before everybody starts to jump in uh, the week heading into the Derby. All right, Bulls-Bucks, we're going to have to wait another day. We did a full preview earlier this hour with Rick Camp going over all of the NBA playoff series, but uh, it feels like the association gym is really going to stretch this out. Okay, you'll play Sunday, and then you're going to have to wait around a couple of more days because they know this is going to be a short series. (laughs) It's strange because... Bulls fans were on the highest of highs in the first half of the year. And now it actually feels like, okay, they got their playoff spot. They're headed in the right direction, right? But they're dreading the series.
4: Here's the thing about it, though. And when you talk about it from the gambling aspect of things, remember Billy Donovan has coached in seven playoff series and his teams have never been swept. So when you're looking at odds, if you want to play the Bucs and you think the Bucs are going to win, maybe look at the Bucs in five or six. Here's the value, though, Joe. If for mm. some reason you think the Bulls can win it, instead of taking the six and a half to one to win the series, look at the numbers like the Bulls in six at 15 to one or the Bulls in seven at 11 to one. If they find some way to win the series or you think they can, that may be the better play. But just remember Billy Donovan teams don't get swept in the playoffs. So Bucks in four, I don't know if that's going to be a great play.
2: Jim, it's a little early to start your weekend drinking. I'm just saying.
4: <laughs> you gotta have gotta be the <laughs> eternal optimist my friend you know what think about this though too early on in the season i know the bulls didn't play yeah. great against really anyone later in the season earlier in the season though they did go into the fourth quarter of a game up seven on the bucks and then it did implode a little bit but here's the thing you do have enough ability to keep yourself in some ball games where things can happen in the playoffs too we've seen that in the past Hopefully the Bulls take one or two games and keep things a little bit more interesting. I don't know if the NBA thinks it's going to happen. I think there's a chance of it.
2: Crazy high point spread. Game number one. Understandable after the recent results in their last two matchups. Why we got up to double digits. My favorite bet in the series is Milwaukee minus two and a half games, meaning Bucks in four or five, you win that wager. How about you? If you're going to do something on the bulls bucks series, what would you do? The
4: one better that I would say I think the Bulls can take two games. I would do the Bucks and six. six. It's plus three seventy-five right now. So I'd okay. look at the Bucks and Six.
2: There's a little bit of value there because the favorite is Bucks and five. And then the second favorite is the sweep.
4: Yeah, exactly. And they're not going to get swept. I just don't think they're going to get swept in this series. They'll find a way to get a game. Maybe they find a way to
2: get two. Wow. That would be something. That'd be uh, much better than what they did against those top four seeds all season long. That's Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse and Points Bet Sportsbook. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Jim, good stuff. We'll talk more about the Derby next week as we inch closer and closer. Baseball continues, NBA playoffs continue. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, even though the NBA is trying to drag out their playoff season as much as possible.
4: They are, but hey, there's money on the table. They're going to grab it, but you know what? We're going to find some values all these seasons progress, too.
2: Now we're down to about three hours until the start of the NBA playoffs. Next week will be our last early odds before the NFL draft, so we'll have all the betting angles covered. Follow me on Twitter, at Joe Ostrowski, at Joe Ostrowski. Subscribe to the Early Odds and BetQL Daily Podcast. That's Monday through Friday, 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Make sure to catch some tickets and keep it locked here on 670 The Score. Happy Easter.